Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the AB Sports Podcast. I am delighted and honoured and privileged to be joined by uh, a very special uh, individual on the podcast tonight. Uh, she has played for Forward Waterloo Ladies, uh, and she's currently with Sail Sharks and plays uh, international rugby for Ireland as well. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Lauren Delaney. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Ali. It's a pleasure. It honestly is a pleasure. Um, I've been looking forward to this uh, ever since we got it uh, organized uh, right from the start. So it's um, it's really awesome to have you on. And um, I've been looking forward to this. And we mentioned before, before we started recording, that you are the first Irish player on the podcast. Uh, that's got to mean something. Oh, absolute privilege. And you've got me here on Paddy's Day as well. So look, <laughs> sure, there you go. Um, speaking of St. Pad- Paddy's Day, what have you been getting up to today? Sadly, nothing. <laughs> um, I'm doing a PhD, um, so I've been working on that all day. Um, I've done a training session um, and a few other kind of athlete phone calls. Sadly, that's that's my Paddy's day nowadays. Well, um, if it makes it any better, my day's pretty much been the same as what, <laughs> what your day's been really. It's really not been too much at all, uh, apart from the nice weather we've had here um yeah. it's been about four, 14 or 15 degrees believe it or not and um sunny skies uh clear skies you know the best conditions you could ever experience in uh but it's only 15 degrees i wish it could be higher though yeah so. yeah absolutely now i was doing um a sprint and kind of speed based training session there at about five o'clock and it was just absolutely lovely weather reminded me of kind of summer last year over in Carrington when I just joined Cell Sharks and like the gorgeous pitches, the sun was blaring, we had some music going, all was absolutely ace, which makes me really excited for the, the summer as well. Um, now, I, I want to start the podcast by saying, obviously, um, on Saturday, uh, I was watching you guys play against Saracens um, away. Uh, tough game, very tough game. Um, and But... I want to say this, I watched your try that you scored in that game and uh, everyone was going mad about it. They were all posting on their social media channels um, like Facebook or Instagram or something like that um, saying, oh, stop that. Like that's, that's like one of the best tries you've scored in your career uh, in Premier 15's history. It must be, surely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I suppose we've been doing a lot of practicing around kicking. We've got obviously Katie Daly-McLean on the team who's... Um, world-class kicker and she's been doing kind of some uh, kicking based skill session with us every week for the last few weeks so it's definitely been something that I've been working on in in my game and and most of the backs have and so almost nice to see all that training and everything kind of come to fruition and to be able to implement it a little bit more in the game but um, I suppose the try itself came from um, you know, we were camped out in our own 22 for a good 10, 15 minutes, I think. And then our um, centre, Lisa Newman, who's um, uh, a Welsh winger as well, she she made a really good read, a really good intercept, brought the um, made a break down the, the middle of the pitch, which drew all their defenders in. Um, we got a really quick rook from it. Ball came to Casey. Nice old chip over the, the defence, who were quite narrow anyway. Um, you know, lovely kick from her. We got a lucky bounce, and then I suppose again I chipped, but I didn't catch it cleanly. It was a, another lucky bounce, and yeah, in at the corner. But um, yeah, look, a nice one to have. But it all came from 
from Lisa's intercept and Lisa's break down the middle of the pitch. Yeah, and um, speaking of uh, Lisa Newman, because you mentioned her earlier, um, I'm going to be having her on the podcast on Sunday. So that's going to be awesome. Ah, nice um, one. Yeah, she's like a close training partner. We we do quite a lot of extras together and stuff, and there's a good rivalry between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen a, a brilliant photo with you you two standing next to each other in a Sail Sharks jersey. Um, I think it's after a game or before a game, I believe. Um, and it just looks like the nicest photo anybody has ever taken. <laughs> I mean, it's just great. It's just fantastic. Two good friends, I must imagine, uh, you know, side by side like that on a pitch together, um, playing the same jersey together as well. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we played a little bit together with Waterloo as well, but um, not very often because obviously the Welsh and the Ireland schedules are, are very different. Um, but obviously we've spent a lot more time playing with, with Sharks this season. Um, but yeah, it's good because we've got some cool pictures of the two of us in kind of Irish and, and Welsh kit. And um, so then to be on the, the same pitch and stuff as well, it's always, always pretty cool and, and a good kind of drivers um, for each other and being competitive with each other. And we're playing opposite each other on, on the international pitch as well. Um, I think that's always a really nice part of, of rugby. I've definitely found that over the last few years, whether you're a Scottish, Welsh, English or Irish player, everyone gets on really well and kind of supports each other no matter what. And I think that's the massive benefit of the premiership and one of the best leagues in the world um, uh, for the women's side. And, you know, you've got international players from, from all around the world now playing there. And um, so it really does build up a really good community of, of players. Yeah. Cause I, I mentioned on several podcasts that the premier 15 is like one of the best competitions um, in the women's game in the world. Uh, because as you said there, it tra attracts so many talented players from uh, abroad, not just the UK. Um, and uh, it's attracting a lot of uh, a lot of promising coaches uh, within the UK as well. Um, and uh, it's it's going up. It's it's on the rise, so to speak. And um, it's great to see a lot of players getting opportunities to represent big clubs, you know, such as Saracens or Harlequins or or wasps, or even like um, the or other sharks. teams as well. Sharks, yeah, exactly. Sale <laughs> sharks, DMP, every single team who competes in that league. Um, because every team, when I watch them play, uh, it seems like they play with such heart, such determination throughout. They never quit, right from kickoff until the end end, end whistle, basically. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, it's a great league to be part of and it's kind of it's definitely improving year on year I mean almost like if you want to put a positive spin on on the pandemic and everything that's forced us to obviously have have no supporters it means that nearly every single game is now streamed which is amazing and um, I mean I'm just thinking about my family even back of Ireland who outside of the Irish game they've never actually seen me play a club game and um, so like for them to be able to stream the game every single weekend is amazing and it builds up that that viewership um, for hopefully down the line for it to actually be on terrestrial TV and, and on the TV and then get loads more people watching. I've seen very uh, promising articles about women's rugby, um, you know, in several, several different social media platforms. Um, and uh, of course I saw that there was something talking about uh, the WXV, I think it was, um, that a lot of players actually posted on their social medias last night, I believe, or today at some stage. Um, 
Can you just, I, I'm sure you saw it yourself as well, but um, can you just explain just to the viewers who don't know anything about it yet, just exactly what it might be? I mean, the exactly part, I don't, <laughs> I don't know whether I can be really specific because it's a yeah. bit of a complicated structure, but I think it's an effort by World Rugby to coordinate all the domestic and international leagues across the globe um, so that everyone's playing in similar time frames domestically and then in terms of the coordinating the international calendar as well so I think basically from the international calendars that we've already kind of got set up around the world they're coordinating coordinating them time-wise and then everyone's then feeding into kind of a three-tiered um, competition structure which is amazing and to get kind of loads of games and um um, yeah, loads of games against countries all around the world outside of just our six nation sphere or maybe some of the games that we've played kind of autumn internationals. And apart from the World Cup, we don't really get any opportunities or many opportunities to play countries from from all around the world. So it's basically an international competition um, that I, oh, I can't remember exactly. I know there's three tiers. And there's different number of, of teams within each tiers, depending on how you, you qualify yourself. But it's, I think it's 2023, it's going to get kicked off. So after the, the World Cup, that's obviously been postponed. Um, but yeah, really, really exciting um, opportunity and amazing for women's rugby, for international um, women's rugby as well. And, and just for the, for the sport as a whole, to grow it, to develop it, to create a bigger viewership and yeah I suppose more more games for the players to to play do you know that, that's very good I, I I like the idea uh by world rugby I really do um because I think women's rugby needs to get recognized a lot more um for for the future going forward uh so and um it's it's great to see uh competitions and leagues such as this one um getting created and and brought forward to so many players uh attention i guess um and um it's great for the women's game going forward overall yeah definitely and there's different things that are happening alongside that as well i mean obviously the pandemic has influenced you know the six nations getting delayed but um and and in a slightly different format but i suppose again thinking of the positives um, it now means that the Six Nations, the women's side, is is a standalone event in itself, and hopefully that will give more exposure above kind of the the men's side of things, and um, and maybe it will continue like that in a, in a similar way moving forward. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. You know, I think women's rugby is going from strength to strength each year. Um, I mean, I haven't been long in the sport; I've only been playing six years. But even from my short six years. Um, I think it's yeah been absolutely grown from strength to strength and you can see that even from the different teams that I've been joining and within each team then them developing and same within the Irish setup as well the team we have now and the support we have now is is very different to what we had kind of two three years ago and it's really exciting to be to be part of that process and, and be part of that journey as well. Now, I just want to cover very quickly about, obviously, the Six Nations, uh, the delayed Six Nations now, because um, basically, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but um, I want to mention it to anybody who's, who's watching this for the first time who doesn't know about it yet. Um, obviously, the Six Nations got postponed back in, I think it was January now. Um, and then obviously, it then got uh, rescheduled for next month, uh, which is great. Really good news. 
Um, and fingers crossed that that doesn't get cancelled or postponed due to COVID. Uh, but um, I think all the players that I've had on, and they've mainly been Welsh players um, and, uh, of course, some English players as well, um, saying that they're, you know, they're super excited about it. They're really looking forward to representing their country um, again. And um, I guess with within your camp as well, I guess, you know, with yourself and the rest of the girls and, and uh, Adam and the rest of the coaching sort of setup as well are, are also excited as well uh, about getting some more competitive rugby international stage uh, uh, coming up next month. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we've played one international game in the last year. And so obviously we, we played against Italy there in November time um, at the back end of the last six nations, essentially. So, and there's the uh, there's a few girls from the international scene that weren't involved in that game. So they haven't even played within the last year. And again, we're so unbelievably lucky and privileged to be able to continue to play rugby um, over here in the Premiership. But all of the Irish girls back in Ireland have not played a game since that Italy one and before that since Wales. So we are absolutely chomping at the bit to get together, to get a game day, to basically put together everything we've been working on and um, in training. Um, I think oh, we heard some, I think Griggsy was going through some stats at a camp recently saying there's been like 50 odd training sessions between that we've done over the um, the last uh, block of, of training um, and uh, for, for one game kind of thing in the last block, which is mental. You know, we'd never get that much training um, in the past or over the last few years, but now we've had so much, we're just lacking in the games. So I think not only Ireland, but I think all teams are just really excited to get back and, and playing. Um, and yeah, and obviously getting the opportunity to put the green jersey on and and represent and um, I suppose do your best for the team and I suppose contribute as much as we can for um, World Cup qualifiers as well. And of course, uh, you'll you're be in this, that same group. So it's a reduced uh, format of the tournament, basically. So you'll be split into two two groups uh, and that group that you've got will be with, uh, of course, France and, and Wales. So mm -hmm. no doubt you'll be playing on that same pitch as uh, against Lisa Newman, for example, you know. Uh, so that will be good to see. Uh, two Sharks players there going against each other. Uh, that's always lovely to see. Uh, but, um, I, I mean, what has your sort of prep been like leading up to the Six Nations? Um, I suppose a bit of a mix. Um, so with the kind of the third lockdown we've been through, in December, um, the the kind of the IQ girls that are based over in England over here haven't had many opportunities to travel back to Ireland, understandably because of the pandemic. So we got a few camps in um, last November in terms of the, the Six Nations uh, or the back end of the Six Nations. Um, and then there's been loads of kind of camps over the last while. So we kind of go back every, um, every weekend, every other weekend and and we train from kind of Friday to Sunday. So gym and a skill session Friday, two sessions Saturday, two sessions Sunday. So it's a really intense weekend, but we spend quite a lot of time on and getting quite a lot of detail as well. So a mixture of kind of high intensity performance sessions and a bit more low intensity precision based sessions. Um, 
so yeah, we've we've done more training than we've ever done for kind of fewer games, but um, yeah, it's 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 really exciting, and each training session and each camp is is better, and people are improving in each sessions, and you can see that really clearly. Um, so we've got a few more camps now in leading into the the Six Nations, and they'll be just as intense and just just as exciting, but probably just tweaking and um, refining certain strategies and certain plays and um, the lead into into it. Amazing, amazing. Um, and I guess like that big gap that you guys had, uh, you know, from that last uh, you know international game that you had. Uh, I mean, that must be very difficult for any player. Uh, be involved with their team basically because uh, you've got to try I guess and keep yourself as busy as possible during that period and try, and I guess with, with people in your shoes for example in the Prem 15s I mean it's great because you know you're getting uh, you're getting competitive rugby uh, in the Premier 15s and you're still you know playing rugby and getting involved with that so that's very good to see but apart from that I mean it must be a lot a very tough I guess for a lot of players yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like I mentioned, the Irish girls back home, and um, they do obviously skills-based sessions together during during the week, which is great. If um, in certain groups around the country, um, but apart from that, they've got no club training at all. The whole season in Ireland has been completely scrapped, and um, which is obviously really difficult and and challenging. Um, and then obviously for all the players who aren't in that international group, um, yeah, look really really challenging and tough going but um hopefully leading into the summer and potentially a few sevens tournaments and things like that that we stuff for people to look forward to in the future um but yeah no again it comes back to definitely feeling very privileged and and chuffed to be able to to still play um but recognize yeah it's not the same for everyone yeah yeah i mean have you, have you um talk to any of the the rest of the Irish girls and seeing whether or not uh, they would like to come over and play in the Premier 15s one day in the near future yeah I'm always joking with them I'm <laughs> I'm always giving them the old nudge and saying oh would you like to come across we'd love to have you um but yeah everyone's circumstances is completely different and I suppose there's so much changing in the world right now I mean with the World Cup changing and Six Nations changing and and everything to do with rugby is constantly changing. I think everyone um, is quite reluctant to make any decisions about anything. Um, I think you've got to almost take it one week at a time and and just see how you all go. But um, but yeah, it kind of depends on kind of the Irish setup and everything too, and and personal circumstances because you know we're we're not full time. Um, we're we're not professionals. Everyone's got day jobs, so um, it also would depend on how people can make a living over here. And which is probably the biggest factor in terms of of anyone that do want to travel. Um, but I suppose other than that, we've got, I think, seven or eight girls that are based over in England. And um, you've obviously got a few girls with, with Wasps, um, Claire Malloy and Cleena Maloney and um, Tricky or Adele McMahon um, and Kira Cooney. And then you've got Laura Sheen has just come over to Exeter, who are obviously doing phenomenally over the last few weeks. Um, and then a few girls at, at Quinns as well. So there is a good, a decent contingent over here um, that we kind of travel back and forth. But it'll be interesting to see over the next few years if if anyone else joins us. Yeah, um, because uh, I think it's a it's a good stepping stone for younger players, I guess, coming into uh, whether that's international uh, rugby or whether 
so, you know, competitions such as the Premier 15s could attract them maybe to come over one day in the near future, which I hope is it would be the case. Uh, but um, I, you mentioned before there how a lot of, you know, female players are not, you know, full-time professionals like the men's, for example. Uh, and mm -hmm. But I think one day in the future, we are going to see that um, with the women's uh, players in, in a lot of teams, a lot of uh, competitions around the world. I think it will happen one day, and I'm pretty confident on that. To be honest, uh, because I did, yeah, I did mention I that so. a lot. I mean, I, I have mentioned that a lot before in the past about how you know women's players should be the same as the men's in that circumstance, you know. Um, and I do hope that happens one day because I think a lot of people, uh, and I won't name them, but uh, you know, people who are like at the top of that of that rank, so to speak, in world rugby, need to sort of, I guess, look at the bigger picture here and say, right. You know, women's players should be the same as men's um, in any aspect, really, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll completely agree. Um, and hopefully, yeah, there are some days and hopefully in my career that um, there will be some players that are played and, and we will be full time. Um, I think there's probably a few steps before we get there. And um, like you said, it'll take quite a mass, a big step and a massive investment from um from the federations to to invest in that but um it's definitely the the way the um the women's rugby is going definitely yeah because i mean if you think about it i mean you guys put in the same amount of work as the men's players uh you know you guys are training at least three three or four times a week leading up to games you obviously have the game on the saturday um and then you have the recovery days after that as well so it's um it's I guess it's it's pretty full on. And then obviously you mentioned about other jobs that you guys have got uh, in your sort of time off, I guess, away from rugby. So, um, but... Um, uh, yeah, I, I suppose just to clarify that in terms of our time off, yeah. probably the majority of our time is spent working our normal day jobs um, yeah. because, because we have to. So we all work kind of nine to five where there's a good few students as well. And then we're all just training in the evening times. And I think that's probably the biggest distinguishable factor between those that are professional and not. You know, I've chatted a few times with, with Katie Daly-McLean about this. It's, it's the recovery time. It's the chill time. It's the time, you know, if you've been injured, that if you're injured, you can, you can chill out, you can get the recovery you need. Um, but like, so prime example is like Sunday night um, after we got home late from the Saracens game, we came back. I was over 5 a.m. the next day to travel to Leeds to then do my day job. Um, so it's that recovery that is the biggest element. And then and then you kind of see, well, if, it, if you're lacking in kind of good quality recovery, well, is it impacting in terms of your strength development and in terms of your speed development? And I suppose, can I spend as much time, um, you know, doing some analysis as much as I want to or doing the extra skills? Probably not as much as I want to because I physically don't have, enough time in the day and um, so there's a lot of kind of knock-on factors that have an influence even though we do probably train very similar hours to, to a lot of the men's professional teams um, but unfortunately we have a lot more going on in, in our lives as, as well yeah yeah absolutely um, but um, yeah I mean overall I'd, I, I hope to see that one day um, and I'm pretty confident that will happen um, because I think everyone's spreading that that same word uh, around many places. So it's, it's, that's good to see and good to hear from a lot of the players who are within the women's game. So um, 
very very big thank you for everybody who's been doing that so um but uh anyway um i want to obviously speak very quickly about you know before we get into your career i want to mention very quickly about the world cup uh which was postponed uh at the end of this year it was meant to be played i think in september time uh in new zealand um great place by the way i've heard a lot from a lot of players that you know new zealand is like one of those countries who it's just like very good to play rugby there and to travel Mm -hmm. to etc um but uh yeah it must be uh pretty gutting to know that you guys you know obviously won't be going over there at the end of the year but the good news is it obviously is now being um moved forward to 2022 now so that's good um but i guess it's 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 a long way off, obviously, from now. You've still got another year uh, for that. But um, I guess the good thing is you'll still be playing Premier 15s. You'll still be, um, you know, keeping yourselves busy from time to time. And um, But, you know, it must be very disheartening for a lot of the girls in the camp right now, knowing that you guys won't be going over to New Zealand at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone was pretty devastated, to be honest. Um, whether that's the Irish girls, whether it's, you know, the Welsh girls and whoever that I've been talking to recently in terms of in, in sharks and stuff, I think everyone is do, but unfortunately we've all been through quite a lot of that over the, the pandemic and changes and you can't really focus or get bogged down by things that are not within your control. And um, so you've got to look at it as, as an opportunity to get better, to improve, to develop. And I suppose the um, we're kind of in a bit of limbo and we're still waiting to hear about the, the qualification process. So a lot hasn't changed for us, but um, yeah, you've just got to focus on that positive side. I mean, there's obviously the, the challenges, like I said, everyone's in completely different places in their lives um, and they might have to consider different career changes or, or life changes or family changes um, adding on an extra year to their to their rugby careers or, or um, a different route or different journey to um, to the World Cup. So there's obviously a lot of different challenges that everyone's going through. Um, but I think, yeah, we really just have to focus on what's within our control and and the positive side and the opportunities that it does give us. Um, if, yeah. Yeah. And, um... You know, fingers crossed that that definitely goes ahead for next year. And uh, yes, fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, because I mean, and that it, obviously it's happened a lot, hasn't it? You know, we've we've had a lot of things obviously get postponed by COVID, um, and you know, for the right reasons, of course. But um, I mean, I've I've noticed from you know a lot of players that you know they they're struggling, they're you know in terms of their mental health, etc. Um, and uh, knowing that they work so hard to to work towards a goal such as the world cup or six nations or something like that and then they find out it gets postponed they think oh, what what can i do now you know mm-hmm. um but um yeah I, I think it will be a very good world cup uh, next year now um and uh, fingers crossed it definitely goes ahead and it all goes according to plan so yeah, ho- hopefully. I mean, like, so I used to work for British Cycling um, and I was with them when everything got, um, when the Olympics and the Paralympics got delayed um, or got postponed to this year. Um, so I know, obviously, uh, you know, I saw and I understood and obviously I didn't experience um, that kind of that delay and 
that kind of being a little bit lost but I think I I definitely learned a lot from their experiences and and how they managed that kind of change in focus and um the goalposts are, are a little bit shifted now to a different position um but I suppose yeah I, I learned a lot from from them and, and working within that sphere of of the Olympics and, and Paralympics in terms of of how you manage it and how you refocus your attention. I mean, deal with the situation and deal with almost a bit of grief around it um, and the disappointment. They're important emotions to to feel and understand. But um, I suppose, yeah, you've, you've just got to reorientate your, your focus. And, um, and yeah, fingers crossed, we qualify, it goes ahead. And uh, it's, it's the amazing tournament that it, that it should be. Yeah. And uh, when I looked at that, you know, how many uh, teams were actually involved in that World Cup, which was meant to be played at the end of the year, I was like, oh, this is looking brilliant. You know, this is looking really amazing because you had, um, of course, the host New Zealand were in that tournament. Uh, like I said, England were in it, uh, Wales, um, Australia, um, you know, many other teams who were in that competition, uh, and, you know, and it was it was so good. To see that, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. It's exciting. Then it gets postponed. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but uh, obviously for the right reasons, of course. But um, yeah, hopefully it goes according to plan for next year. So, um, and you guys will be looking forward to that and all happy, etc. In the camp uh, leading up to that. So, um, but um, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, uh, Lauren. Let's let's move on to your rugby career now because we've been we've been chatting for about half an hour, a little leading up to this now, which has been brilliant. But because um, uh, it was actually my first question, you know, overall getting your, your rugby journey. <laughs> um, that's why I'm saying like this. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, where where did it all start for you? Then, how did you sort of get into rugby for the first time? So I moved to Milton Keynes about six years ago to work with British Badminton in a, a new role. Um, and I played basketball for 15 years and that was kind of my main sport. And I played that internationally kind of underage as well. So I continued to play basketball up until I moved to Milton Keynes and there was nowhere really to play basketball or to continue. And there was one of the girls from work who basically said she wanted to give a new sport a go. And she saw there was a local rugby club and I saw that there was a local rugby club. And the two of us basically went down there together to make new friends in a new area and essentially try a new sport. Um, and that's kind of how I started. I mean, like my family were always big in terms of uh, big supporters of rugby. Um, when when I was kind of growing up, you know, diehard Leinster fans. Um, so I always knew a lot about um, or watched a good bit of rugby and watched the internationals from the men's side. But to be honest, when I was growing up, I didn't even know like women's rugby really existed. In fairness, I was in such a basketball sphere of sport. Mm. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't really know it existed. So I never actually played in Ireland. And um, when I lived there, I've only played since I've moved away. But um, yeah, kind of all came from Bletchley Ladies Rugby Club back in the day. Yeah, because um, I actually was going to talk to you about that with Bletchley. I mean, um, I've not heard of the club myself personally, but um, it must have been, I guess, for you, one of those clubs that were obviously very welcoming um, and uh, very supportive uh, with you sort of going forward in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were... 
Oh, I can't remember now. I think we were playing like in a in a very low league, you know, a, a local league and um no high pressure. And they always had loads of new girls coming into the club. Um, so they were well used to kind of taking a group of us aside and teaching us how to tackle and how to be tackled and the rules of the game. Um, so that was always great. Um, and yeah, a really great club to be part of and to get my first experience from as well. Um, and we basically won nearly every game that first season and then progressed up to, to the next league, which was also great to be a part of. And um, the coach at the time, Carl, was was excellent and he was always great at um, managing, kind of really trying to coach us. But then, I mean, he always says with me, um, he almost didn't want to over coach me in terms of, of me being a player. So he kind of had that good balance between the two. Um, and then within that first year, I made the Buckinghamshire County um, team as well. So I was really, really lucky to be coached on that team by um, Kat Marchant and Rocky Clark. Um, so again, just getting a really good experience of what are the top class athletes in the world um, training like, you know, how are they coaching us and, and what are their experiences as well? So that was always, yeah, that was excellent being coached by by them in my first year ever of, of playing rugby. And of course you played against Rocky Clark last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. It's crazy. I never played against I never played against Kat before, but yeah, I played played against her a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Which is mental to think. That, that is pretty insane knowing that you've been coached by one of you know England's all-time, I think most capped uh, player in history for both the men's and the women's. Um, and then you end up playing against her in the same competition, you know, it's crazy. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then obviously you made your, I guess your move to Furwood, uh, Waterloo, um, as I think it was your first Premier 15 side, if I'm correct in saying. Yeah. So when I first, so I moved up North, um, after living in Milton Keynes, cause I got my, my new job with um, British Cycling, who were based in Manchester, the National Cycling Centre. Um, and I basically wanted to move up a, a league or move up a few leagues and kind of see how I could fare in, in a bit of a higher standard. So um, Fairwood Waterloo in the Northwest was the highest um, uh, or the best team in the Northwest. So they were playing at Championship One and they had won it for kind of three years prior to that. So I joined and, and we continued to win it for another two years. So five years in, in a row. And then we um, we kind of put the the bid in for this, the newer version of the premiership for, for the last kind of three year cycle. And and we got it. And and um, yeah, so it was it was the, the first premiership team I was involved with. And um, of course, what were your sort of favorite memories, I guess, uh, playing as a forward Waterloo uh, player? Uh, back then oh god um I suppose in those kind of early years when it was kind of a similar group of players um of, of when we played in championship and that kind of first year that was probably one of the best ones and it was such a new experience and we'd obviously play in championship but we were winning every single game and by quite a lot and um, it was definitely a brand new challenge but it was good because it was a really good group of girls and 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 everyone kind of um focusing in the same direction and everyone wanted to put in that challenge so that first year was definitely um a pretty cool environment to be part of 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, I would I would agree with you definitely if I was in your situation uh, as a player myself as well, um, because I mean. Go, you know, going to any team, I guess, in the Premier 15s uh, is is big. It's really big for any player uh, because you know they watch they watch these teams on TV, for example, and then they think to themselves, "Right, I want to be involved with that myself one day." And that and then you got to that stage yourself, and it was brilliant. Um, but um, I was wondering exactly what what was the transition phase, sorry. Um, moving from Waterloo over to Sale Sharks, because I, I reckon you must have chatted to, obviously, you know, maybe you knew a couple of players there, maybe, or maybe you had a conversation with Darren leading up to that. Uh, what was the uh, sort of transition uh, phase, so to speak? Um, so I suppose we found out about Waterloo not making the, the next, um, three years into in the Premiership, all during the the lockdown, the very first lockdown, um, and unfortunately we weren't able to finish the season of the previous year, which was a real pity. Um, and we still haven't ever gotten together that that group and even done any kind of an end of season do or anything like that, which is definitely a pity to kind of end it in that way. Um, I suppose in terms of the phase moving across, I um. Yeah, I suppose we all found out that Sail Sharks were were going to be the the kind of team in in the northwest. So yeah, had a few conversations with with Darren, had a few conversations with with Katie and Daly McLean as well, and kind of got a good feel for what the setup was going to be like, and in terms of my situation and and where I was moving to, and and what my plan was. But yeah, it was a pretty easy easy move to be honest. And um, of course, uh, I mentioned we mentioned about Darren, of course, and um, and Adam as well, who's a head coach with the with the Ireland team as well. Um, what what's it what's it like at the moment playing, obviously, with Darren at Sale and Adam with Ireland? Are they sort of similar in their coaching approaches or styles, or are they slightly different? I mean, what's the sort of differences, if you like, between the two? Oh, that's a really good question. Um... So I suppose, you know, they're, uh, it, it's very different situations. I mean, Grigsby's been part of the, the Irish setup now for, um, you know, three, four years, I think January 2018. Um, so he's, he's really established. We've an established playing group and we've just been building and, and building in terms, of, um, in terms of plays, in terms of setup, in terms of strategies. Um, I suppose Dan's been coaching for, for quite a long time, but we're still a brand new team and we're still just laying the really basic foundations of, um, of how we want to play. Um, we've never had a Sail Sharks women's team before this year. So again, we, we've no preconceived notions or ideas of how we should play as a team. So I think Darren's really keen on, de- on developing that Sharks ID and, and us as a group putting our own stint on what that looks like. What does a really good Sale Sharks player look like? And, and what does the team ethos look like? What does the defense look like? What do you know? What are our strategies? But what are what are we like as um as a group of players and as players from the north and, and joining in with the lad side? And um, so I suppose in terms of his strategy and working with the group, we're very much still um finding those areas and finding the the key ways to to develop. And um, I suppose he's got a tough old job um managing you know, your international players such as Katie Daly-McLean and then 
um, myself and uh, a lot of the Welsh girls, um, all the way down to some kind of 18 year olds who are really exciting players and um, developing players and um, but haven't been part of international setups and are, are still quite raw. So he's got quite a range of players that he's got to adapt and develop his his coaching skills. But he's got a, a great group behind him. He's obviously got Katie Dana McLean, who's supporting from an um, attack perspective as a player coach. He's got um, Andrew Groves as well, who's um, one of the academy coaches for for the um, for the Sail Sharks men's side. So he comes on and does a, a lot with us as well. So he's got a really good coaching staff to support and develop that. And where I suppose if you compare in terms of Adam Griggs, um, we're an established side, we're an established setup, and we've kind of laid those foundations. It's now about the tweaks and and um, kind of the cherries on top in terms of, of our development. And and you've got a group there with, with yeah, still a bit of a, a range of, of levels and experience, but... Um, all kind of international standard players. So, so probably the way that he coaches will be very different to the to the way that um, Daz would coach. But um, I think for me, it's always important to to experience loads of different coaching styles and coaching abilities. And um, I suppose for me as a player, understanding how coaches like to to coach, how they like to interact with with different players and. And what strategies and I suppose I bring a lot of experience from from my nutritionist role and um, because I've worked with I yeah 50 60 different coaches in a ton of different sports and um, so I know all the different types of coaches that are out there and it's interesting now to kind of see all the the range of coaching styles that there are um in the rugby sphere as well yeah, and, and I was I was just going to say, obviously, very quickly about um, Sale Sharks women because it's their first season in the Premier Fifteens. Um, you know, when when they first got involved uh, back in, uh, I think it was August or September time now when they first sort of were introduced to the Premier Fifteens. So I guess that attracted, obviously, a lot of top players to Sale. Um, you know, the likes of Katie Dana McLean and, and some of the Welsh players and um, some some Irish players, uh, English players. Uh, there's a good good blend of players in that group. Um, so I guess that's what really attracted a lot of players, knowing that this side was coming to the uh, Premier 15s for the first time. Sorry, I kind of, I think the, the internet was a bit choppy there. I, I missed, oh, sorry. I missed that question, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was basically just saying that obviously with the with the sale shark setup at the moment with the with the women's squad that is, um, obviously it was their first time in the Premier Fifteens uh, in August or September time now uh, when they first got introduced into the Premier Fifteens, um, and I guess that's what attracted you know some talented players from within the women's game the likes of Katie Daly McLean and some some of the Welsh players and some of the Irish players you've got some English players in there um and it's a good blend of players in that group and obviously you've got a a top class coach such as Darren um sort of leading that that team uh for the rest of the season and, and uh, beyond I hope as well Yeah, absolutely. We've got a really good range of girls and um, we've got a few girls that have Scotland caps as well. Um, 
good few of the Welsh girls as well who are north, more kind of North Wales based uh, and then then myself and then Katie too so it's a really good blend really good mix of experiences and um, you've got a few underage and um, girls who have who represented internationally underage too so a really good mix really good range um, and I suppose everyone brings like their own stint to to how they play and their experiences with their own with their own setup but all credit to Daz and, and Sail Sharks they've made a really good environment for everyone to thrive and to develop um, and there's no kind of rivalries within that we all get on really well and we're all kind of focusing and working on that that one goal in the premiership of of kind of moving off the table and and winning games yeah absolutely and um, uh, I was going to speak to you obviously very quickly about obviously you mentioned your performance nutritionist uh, the job that you've been involved with for so many years now, it seems, but uh, you've been involved with a lot of sports. Um, they've been, uh, you mentioned before uh, about the cycling. Uh, you, you've also been involved with uh, the archery, I believe, as well. Um, and of course, badminton, swimming, uh, taekwondo as well, even. Um, I mean, that's a lot, a lot to be involved with. But I guess, the, I think the good thing is about that type of job that you're doing is, getting players in a in a good healthy position in order to play uh rugby or any sport really at the at the highest level and and to try and be fit and healthy as, as best as possible as well um but um i guess it all started i think it was back when you were with leicester tigers as an intern i believe if i'm correct in saying yeah yeah so that was um so I first moved over to England about eight and a half years ago to do my master's. And alongside that master's at Loughborough University, um, I had a yeah a small stint as an intern with the Leicester Tigers Academy team, um, which is yeah, a really fun and interesting experience, definitely. But um, yeah, that was a, a good a good starting point anyway for my career. Um, and now, of course, uh, you're with uh, the Leeds Rhinos currently at the moment um yeah so, so yeah. sorry sorry go ahead sorry, i know so, i do this from time to time <laughs> but um yeah sorry so you're with leeds rhinos at the moment so that must be um obviously very exciting for you very um uh, a very good position to be in because obviously leeds rhinos is like one of those top teams and in the rugby league uh, in the world, basically at the moment, because um, and it must be a, a good atmosphere and a good setup to be involved with, I guess, as well. Yeah, so I joined them as a nutritionist as part of my PhD. So I'm a full-time PhD student and I'm doing two days a week with, with Leeds Rhinos. And yeah, they're one of the top um, teams in, in the Super League and definitely really exciting to be involved with them this season. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know a whole heap about league. I'm definitely kind of um, union focused over the, the last few years. Um, so it's been a steep learning curve in terms of the differences between kind of league and union and, and how they train and everything. But it's a really good atmosphere and all the lads are, are great crack. And uh, I really enjoy being being part of um, part of the team and yeah, really excited for the, the season to start next week. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh if, if I'm right in saying this next bit, obviously you made your your Ireland debut back in uh, I think it was 2018 now, if I'm correct in saying. Um, and 
I think that was the same time as when Adam Griggs came into the to the island setup as well. Um, so he, I think he started in the January 2018. Yeah. Um, and my first cap was in the Autumn Internationals that year. Right. Right. That's that's good. Um, because, um, and obviously you've made roughly now, I think it's been about 12 or 13 caps you've got for Ireland at the moment, if I'm right. Uh, 12 caps. 12. Because... I've mentioned this a lot on other podcasts because a lot of the stuff you see online to do with a certain player is certainly not always correct. So I wanted to run that by you just to, before we carry on with this because obviously you see something and then you think, right, okay, that's it. But then it's a whole different story. It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, sorry, yeah. what player are you talking about there? No, because I, I see it a lot online um, with a lot of the players because they obviously I had a, a Wales player on uh, when was it now must have been last year I think end of last year and it said on the it said on the Wales rugby website that I think it was uh, two or three caps I believe and she's actually got five caps at the time so I wanted to make sure that, that was correct with you before we then carried on because obviously a lot of the stuff that you see online it's not always correct, you see. So yeah, it probably just takes them some time to to update the the websites. I don't know how often they update them. They might not be after every game, but yeah, 12, 12 is twelve is my number. So I mean, for now, what has been your favorite uh, game then in a green jersey for the for the twelve caps that you've earned so far in your Ireland uh, career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, What's been my favorite game? Um, I suppose the the second game I played in the Autumn Internationals 2018 in Twickenham against England has definitely got to be up there. We had 10,000 people in the crowd. We, we went out to warm up when the stadium was full for the men's game just beforehand. Um, it was like one of the highest, biggest crowds that any Irish team had, had played in front of. Um, in terms of like the Six Nations, um, I scored my first try for Ireland as well, and I think it's one of the um, one of the best performances that we've that an Irish team have had against England. And so that's definitely a, a memorable one, um, even though we lost. Um, I suppose some of the more recent ones have been great to be a part of as well. Um, just in terms of everything that we've been through over the last few years and all the development and everything we've we've put in place it's really great to see how the team has has grown and in the last six nations we had three home games and and we won all three of them which was was our aim for the year so it's been great to just be a part of those games more recently where um you know you're really seeing um the development of of women's irish women's rugby um and kind of the squad really coming together and gelling and um and yeah working well on the pitch I mean, ever since you made your debut back in 2018 with Ireland, um, who have been like some of the some of the young players, I guess, that have really sort of impressed a lot of the girls in camp and um, obviously leading up to uh, Six Nations games, etc. I mean, who who've been some of those players that have really sort of, I guess, stood out from an early age ever since they've come into the camp for the first time. Um, well, it's not hard to say many people who are young, <laughs> because obviously I'm a bit of an older group. Um, but 
I suppose the real obvious one is guy you've got to mention Baden Parsons in there. Do you know, sixteen year old got her first cap at the same time as as I did, and she's been kind of one of the the really exciting players to come through the ranks. Um, and it's always great to play with her on a pitch. And then you've got the likes of Dorothy Wall as well, who's a phenomenal back row player. She's a seven player as well. Um, and she just, yeah, she's an unbelievable athlete and trains so hard. And um, yeah, is, they're definitely two young, exciting players. I think you've got to keep an eye on um, over the next few years. I will. I will for sure. I'll be glued to my TV set watching those two or those free playing. <laughs> um, but I guess the good thing with you is, and you know, some of the other players who are a little bit older than these guys is that you're giving, you know, bits of you know advice and, and information, I guess, you know, for them helping their develop their career and, and getting better as a player. Cause um, I mean, they come into the camp for the first time, obviously there must be a lot, a lot of nerves going on, a lot of, uh, I guess tension as well because they want to make sure they perform well um, for their country, for their for their for their uh, nation, etc. So, um, and I guess guys in your position who sort of been involved with that setup for a good wee while now um, is then passing on that information to these younger players coming in as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too long in the whole setup as well, and. And most of those younger girls have probably been in there as long as me. There's, there's not too many um, new girls that have, have come in recently. Um, so I suppose we all kind of learned over the last, I mean, especially with those girls, we've learned kind of the systems together. So, I, I mean, um, yeah, you always kind of help as much as possible with anyone coming into the system and um, sharing your, your knowledge and, and helping everyone learn the systems. But um, I mean, they probably, we all probably went through it. Well, definitely with the likes of, of Baben and, and some of the other girls. Um, we've all kind of gone through the system similarly or similar times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, everybody knows you as a winner or a fullback, right? Because you've been playing those two positions. Um, I guess, you know, since you got into the international stage and, you know, playing for the Premier 15s clubs, etc. Um, but has there been any other positions that you've played in apart from those two? Uh, yes, yeah, so this season I played 13 for a game against Exeter. Right. And that was interesting. And then mm -hmm. at the very start, I played 13, uh, 12 and 13 in that kind of first year when I was just exploring rugby. Um, but other than that, now nah, as soon as I moved to Waterloo, I was pretty much full back, full time. So what, when you when uh, Darren said to you, right, you're going to be playing the centre here, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, it was more Casey that came up to me and was like, okay, so how do you feel about playing in the in playing thirteen? Um, to be honest, I actually just turned around to being like, look, if you believe I can do it, then I'll I'll give it a go and I'll I'll, I'll try. Um, hmm. I think I've always been keen to, in the past, to try other positions. Um, I suppose almost just to get involved in the game a little, a little bit more. Um, sometimes in the back three, depending on how the game goes, you're you're not always very involved. Um, a lot more so kind of on on the women's side. But um, yeah, I was just keen to give it a go. And like I said, if if they believe that I'd be a good fit for the position, then. Um, yeah, I gave it a go. I mean, it was an interesting experience. Um, we didn't have a, a great game down in Exeter at that time, but um, 
yeah, you almost like you look from behind as a fullback and you see everyone in the line and you kind of know what people's lines are and where they should go and how they should defend from the backfield. But then as soon as you go into that position, it's such a different experience. And hmm. you, yeah, your your view of the world and your view of the rugby pitches is, is, is so different. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a big challenge, but I enjoyed it. I haven't been bit back there since, though, <laughs> which probably shows how I played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we, we see that a lot, don't we? You know, in the women's games and the and the men's games, because we see a lot of players getting into positions that they've probably never trained in before uh, in training, leading up to games or or whatever it might be. And then they think to themselves, all right, I've got to try and come up with a different game plan here. I've got to try and, like... Um, fit the attack plan I guess or defensive plan um but I guess when you've got you know uh, good guys around you sort of saying to yourselves right you know we've got faith in you we've got you know confidence in you to play in that position as you as you talked about before um I think it's it's sort of at the time when you when you start into I guess when you get drafted into that position for the first time knowing that you've got to do a good a good job in that position. So you sort of, uh, you know, filling somebody else's boots if they get injured or suspended or something like that. Um, and then you've, the coaches have got faith in you to sort of slot you into that position. Um, I guess it's good because then you're out there on the field. You're actually, you know, playing rather than being on the bench, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm always willing to give every position a try, probably except for the, the front five. Um, but I suppose, yeah, the more positions you can play and the more um, you have in your arsenal and you've got in your your kind of toolkit as a player, I think, um, yeah, I suppose the more options you can you can be on the pitch. Um, the last question I want to finish off with before we get into the quick fire questions as well um, was obviously you've got this big game coming up against DMP uh, Durham Sharks this weekend. Um, I think the good thing for you guys is that you've got the home advantage under your belts this weekend, um, so you don't have to travel. Uh, but um, obviously, with the table, with what, with way, you know, with the table at the moment, you guys, you two are like at the bottom of the table at the moment. But it's 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 a big game for both sides, to be fair, uh, and they want to get points on the board. So I mean, what sort of challenges are the DMP girls going to uh, sort of bring? to you guys come game day on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, they're going to bring some some drive and determination again to get their first win of the season, and we we fully recognise that. So, um, yeah, they're going to be coming into this game looking for a win, um, and that's a dangerous side to, to play against for definite. They've got the likes of your Rosie Blount out on the, on the wing, who's a really fast um, player, and they've got a really good kicker um, in the centre as well, who's who's a big challenge. Um, so they've definitely got threats in, in different positions. Um, but I suppose we've just got to keep focusing on ourselves and on our own game plan and um, focusing on maybe the key points that went well for us the last time we played them. Um, and yeah, just just focus on us and and build on the good performance that we had against um, Saris last weekend and take a lot of positives from that performance, especially our defense in particular. Um, and yeah, and build from there and and hopefully it'll be be a good home game and we can get a good night's sleep and a good morning um, morning chill beforehand so we don't we don't have to travel. 
although they're our closest team so it's the shortest travel up to dmp anyway (laughs) so um yeah not not too bad because i'm uh you know speaking of dmp i watched uh because it was the only game on saturday last saturday um and it was dmp against gloucester hartbury and i watched that live stream and even though gloucester won it by a big margin a big score margin uh dmp certainly showed uh some very good phases of play and very good phases of play, both in attack and defense as well. So, um, and they bring that physicality, as you, as you mentioned before, um, just like any other team, I guess, basically. But, um, you know, very, very best of luck when you play against these guys on Saturday. I know it's going to be a big game Thank for you. both sides. So, um, and I know both teams will go out there and, and do the best they can. So, um, and I guess that will be, sort of the message coming across, I guess, from Darren and the rest of the coaches, you know, setting, setting a good standard right from the start and um, being on top of the game uh, early doors. So, Yeah, definitely. So I suppose our, our start against Saracens wasn't great. Those first 10, 15 minutes, we, we were asleep and, and they scored a few early tries. So I think we'll be definitely keen to have a really strong first 10, 15 minutes um, against DMP this weekend and putting our own stamp on the game. Um, but yeah, we're just really excited to get back out there and to continue playing and um, yeah, and just enjoy it. Hopefully there's a little bit of sunshine similar to today um, so we can get a yeah nice bit of rugby and some nice weather. Well, I don't know what the weather's going to be like uh, down there at the weekend, but um, it's certainly going to be about, I think, 12 or 13 where I am. So it's going to be Looking like it's going to be a very good weekend up here, but um, hopefully the same is, is down there where you are. Um, but um, we've got some quick fire questions here to finish off with. Um, Go for it. And uh, they're, so, they're super fun, very good to, to have a laugh with now and again uh, with a lot of players. So, um, And it will get us to know you a little bit more with these questions uh, as well. So um, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Fire them at me. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I think you'll like this first one. Um, what is your favorite post-game snack or drink? Milk, easy. Just straight up milk. Yeah, pint of milk. Oh, if I can have that straight after game, I'm a happy person. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite type of food? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a drink. That's a drink. <laughs> but um, favorite type of food? Uh, oh, it kind of varies. Um, oh, quick fire. Um, at the minute, <laughs> I'm loving sourdough bread. Right. I will nice. eat quite a lot of bread recently. Breakfast, lo- breakfast, lunch, and snacks. But um, a really nice sourdough loaf of bread. That's probably my fave at the minute. I've tried that before, and it is uh, it's pretty nice. So I must admit, I must admit that. Um, so do you get it like from time to time every like two or three days that you go to the shops or every week or? Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, the odd day I finish the whole loaf in a day. Others it takes me the whole week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm probably avoiding going to the supermarket too often. Um, yeah. So probably each time I go there, maybe once or twice a week um, to feed my sourdough habit. Um, what is your favorite holiday destination? Oh, this is a teasing question because we're not allowed to go on holiday. Uh, oh, I'd have to say Ireland. I have to on holiday back to see my family. That that's the favorite. Well, whereabouts in Ireland uh, specifically? 
um, Dublin. Nice, nice. I heard Dublin's a very nice place. I've never been myself, so I must go one day uh, in the near future. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I love it. Um, what is your favorite other sport apart from rugby? Basketball, easy. Has to be basketball, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because you played internationally, uh, you know, in that in that scenario um, when you were a little bit younger, so that it has to be that top answer uh, for sure. So, um, now, who is the toughest player you've played against or played with? Ooh, what do you mean by tough? Like um, that. What, say you're playing. Player, say yeah. you're playing on the wing, for example, um, in a Prem mm. 15s game. And oh, Prem 15s, okay. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk Prem 15s first, and then we'll talk internationally um, after that. But who's the, who's one been one of those players which you've found you've you're going up against, and you think right, this is going to be a uh, a tough sort of competition for me and her, mm. I guess, in that scenario. Um, Ellie Kildon from Wasps. She was like a real, yeah, really tough player. Her just her footwork and her speed is just unbelievable. Um, mm. So she was a real challenge um, and, uh, yeah, a, a tough player to play against as a, as a wing or while well, she was playing fullback at the time. I've seen her steps and they are deadly, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> hey, she smoked me on one, on one try when uh, they played us up here and I was just, yeah, oof, good footwork, quick. Um, what about for Ireland? Uh, for Ireland, again, if I'm thinking kind of wing, opposite wing, um, you've probably got to, well, I'll throw in Lisa Newman, opposite, in terms of Welsh player. Definitely took one. Uh, your Jess Breach, of course, with England, you know, again, another um, really fast um, player with decent footwork too. Um, your Abby Dows, at, at, um, again, I'm just thinking kind of back three players in particular with England um, is, is pretty, um, yeah, again, a, a great, um, great fullback, great, great winger, great speed and um, footwork. Uh, Tremoulier, that's how I pronounce her name. Um, the French fullback as well, again, you know, world player of the year in the fast. Her, her kicking game's unreal and, um, yeah, a real challenge to, to play against. Awesome. Um, what about with, if you're in the, in the same team, so like, say, for example, Sale Sharks or Forward or, or um, I mean, who, who's been that one player that you've trained with who you think, right, yeah, you know, she's pretty tough. She's pretty tough to play against or to, even to train with, sorry, I should say. Mm. Mm. Um, I suppose in terms of that, like, competitive side, I definitely put Lisa Newman in there. I put in mm. um, Mari Grieve as well, so... Um, Scotland nine for, for years, just in terms of their work ethic. And um, yeah, they're just really, really competitive and, and hard grafters. I mean, you've got to put Katie, Katie McLean in there, in there too. Um, and then there's the likes of, I mean, you mentioned the, the Paris Reddings there off camera. I mean, they're pretty hardcore, Georgie Paris Redding. Um, yeah, mm. she, she works pretty hard and and is feisty in, in her tackles as well. And then you've got to throw in our, our captain, Beth Stafford, who's, yeah, who's massively taken a, a big step up this year. She's been a standout player for me in the, in the team. And 
um, really sets the standard in terms of, of tackles and, and graft um, uh, everywhere on the pitch. Yeah. And speaking of the Paris Reading sisters, I've, I've both had them on the pod before. Great people. But we've not really seen India play too much, I think, because of uh, obviously the injury that she, she had um, earlier on in the season. So, um, India, if you're watching this, I hope you get back on that pitch one day and I hope we see you in that, that nine jersey very soon. Uh, because they're both talented players, aren't they? The Paris Reading sisters. I know that's decent genetics you've got going there, <laughs> definitely. And the phenomenal like footwork and that quick acceleration, like they're both really quick. Um, I mean, they're small players as well, so low center of gravity close to the ground. But um, yeah, they've got some great skills and they're both feisty players. Um, what is your favorite song or artist? Oh, this oof. That's a very big question. Um, <laughs> very favorite. Oh, kind of depends on the situation. Yeah. Um, I suppose right now. Uh, oh goodness me! I actually I'm going complete brain blank on some of the the playlists I've listened to recently. Um. I'm going to go for a classic like Ed Sheeran or something like that. Nice. I do love a bit of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, his songs are pretty good. Uh, I've listened to a few of them myself, so they are very good. Um, what is the best piece of advice you can give to a youngster watching this who wants to get into rugby? Uh, bring a friend, grab a friend, go down and, and give it give it a go at your at your local rugby club. Like... Um, I think for me, that was a big part. That's the reason that I went down because my friend was there with me and, and the two of us went down. But I mean, the best part of rugby for me is the fact that there's a there's a position uh, there's for everyone on the pitch, for, for every body shape and size, for every um, strength and weakness and everything. There's, there's a position out there for you. Um, so yeah, just go down, give it a go and, and you won't regret it. Um, tennis or squash? Uh, squash. That's the. I think that's the first squash answer I've heard on the podcast. <laughs> Everything's. I know. Out. I know. Well, it's only um, because when I was at uni, we actually played a little bit of squash. Um, down in Loughborough, like just as some of my friends and I, and I had a, a friend. Um. Uh, at the time who was actually a really decent squash player so she used to teach us like how to play and I think her her brothers played internationally as well um but I've never really gotten into tennis very much but um but yeah I kind of really enjoyed playing a bit of squash um back in my uni days I don't actually ask that question too often so um but uh I think squash has been that common answer out of the two I guess overall so um but i played a bit of squash when i was at school it was it's a very fast uh, energetic sport even though it's uh in like a small uh court so to speak so uh oh, it's good fun brutal fitness yeah <laughs> yeah brutal fitness goodness me trying to get back to that that cross in the middle every time when i played with my friends back in uni honestly she used to just run me around the court left right and center <laughs> Um, yeah, and and yeah, you just don't realise it if you haven't played it before. You just don't realise how hardcore it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, who uh, who inspires you overall? Who inspires me? Yes. In in terms of rugby or in terms of life or just just, just generally, I mean, who who's been that sort of one person that has really sort of motivated you? I guess uh, from an early age. Ah, it's got to be my mother. Mm. Yeah, hard grafter. Not a big, not a sports woman, but um, yeah, just an amazing woman and uh, a hard worker in terms of um her job and uh, and an amazing woman um and an amazing mother. Yeah, she's always been kind of the the heart of the family and um yeah, hard hardcore woman with a um yeah who with a, a big kind heart. And a uh, big shout out to her if she's watching this video right now. <laughs> um, there you go, mom. Hey, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, mom, mom, mom or dad. I mean, that's been like the most common answer, um, you know, with that sort of question uh, asked to many players before. It's always been their mom or their dad, and uh, quite rightfully so. So, um, but uh, anyway, uh, and the last one is. Um, what do you love most about rugby? What do I love most about rugby? I would, I'd probably go back to what I mentioned before about there being a position on the pitch for absolutely everyone. Um, I just think, yeah, it's like the best part of the game and there isn't another sport out there that, um, you know, a five foot um, scrum half can play the same sport as a six foot two six foot three four um you know second row um you know there isn't another sport out there like that um so yeah that's definitely my favorite part about it awesome um well thank you so much lauren i, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and uh and talking with us um about your rugby journey um it's been uh fantastic uh, to have you on the podcast tonight and um I'm looking forward to having you back on again in the near future, whenever that might be. Uh, so, um, you know, big, big thank you for coming on and I appreciate your time because uh, I know you're a busy person. So, um, but I really appreciate your time and, um, you know, best of luck this weekend against DMP. Um, hopefully it'll be live streamed. Um, but uh, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, good luck on Saturday. And we'll, we'll catch up with you again in the near future. Thank you so much. Yeah, cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It was a good crack.